finding a day yeah. that we can yeah. all get together yeah. at this time in life. Getting a vehicle because your son's taking your car off to work. You know, all this sort <laughs> yeah. of yeah. 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 At this, at our, at our age specifically, or at this, you know, during COVID. So it's both, isn't it, really, in a way? Because we've all got different responsibilities and um, that's one of the things that's strikingly different to me to being in my 20s, eh? If looking back, is that I don't remember having quite as many responsibilities or feeling so responsible about other people, other generations and other people and houses to run and, you know... Milk to, to clear get to. Up before you leave yeah, the house. Milk, yeah, and... I spilled the milk. On. <laughs> <laughs> Rushing to get here and do, making a drink, and the milk just went all over the, and I just left it. But that sort of, you know, is a different space, isn't it, when you're in this stage of life? So, if there was a word that I had to sum up how you were landing here today, is there a word that comes to mind? One or two words. Tenacity. Ooh, <laughs> good word. Yeah. yeah, I think because we were all determined, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. We've made it happen, mm. so yeah. we're quite tenacious, I think. To once we've um, agreed, I'm to excited. Do it. I think that describes mm-hmm. how I'm feeling about this. Um, I'm really glad we're doing it. I feel like we're stepping a bit out of our comfort zone, and I love that. Mm. And I think that speaks a lot about our age. You know, having the confidence to do this. I think. Most of it, I do feel a little apprehensive, you know. Um, so when, you know, but I, again, I like the idea that we're pushing out a little bit. Um, so when you first came, I was thinking, yeah, that's great, you carry on. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm thinking, yeah, why not? You know, so, yeah. So if you think about being 50 then, how does it feel different or does it feel different to when you're in your 40s? So you talked about tenacity and about the, the the difficulties, I suppose, of creating a day and a space to come and do something like this. Is that one of the differences or are there others? I think it's for me, it's about making more conscious risks, taking more conscious risks. And I think I took a lot of risks when I was younger, <laughs> very unthought through and chaotic and some disastrous and some not so. But now I feel in my 50s, my mid to late 50s, I suppose I am now, um, I think I'm more prepared to risk things in a different way. I'm not quite sure if I can describe what that means, but you know, sort of like it's a more conscious risk of like actually I want to live more fully. I'm not worried about other people so much. So my risk when I was younger might have been based on wanting to fit in and and be seen as interesting and exciting and all that stuff. Whereas I don't think my risk is that I'm much more cautious with myself preserving myself actually surviving (laughs) much more like that but I'm much more likely to take risks I suppose with what I do with my life actually what is being more about what I want to do with it do you think you know yourself better oh that's a really tricky one I think I'm not sure I think I'm constantly trying to work out who I am get more familiar I think I'm more confident to to do things more and risk like well if nobody else likes it yeah. What the fuck? That doesn't matter <laughs> much. Who cares? I, I, Whereas that. I think when I was 20, that would have really mattered to me. And it would have stopped me doing things. Or I would have stopped me doing yeah. things in order not to fit in in something in some ways. I'm just wondering about you talking about apprehension before and whether anything that Jen's just said resonates with you in terms of feeling apprehension or slightly out of your comfort zone. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think I am probably less risk taking now that I'm sort of in my fifties, and I probably would have been in my thirties and forties. You know, not so much about doing something like this, but I think there's I've got a kind of comfortableness of life that you kind of build up, you know, within your fifties, and so it's harder to make those decisions, you know, to change something because you think, you know, things are actually quite nice as they are. So you know, let's let's keep the status quo, you know. So maybe maybe that's one side of it, yeah. Yeah, and I think my apprehension is more about the fact I know less about myself than I did when I was 40, I think. Because when I was in my 40s, I was running a home, small children, job, so there was no time to think about who I was or what I wanted or anything. So this feels like a step into the unknown in my 50s, really. The children are getting to a point where they're going to leave home. And I've got to think about who am I and what do I want out of this next patch of life. And I'm not sure I ever thought about this patch. I only ever thought about being a parent. I never thought beyond being a parent. And suddenly you're faced with possibly 30 years of being not a parent. So that's a really... So I feel very unclear about who I am now. So that's the apprehension, I think. And it's interesting just listening to how you described your 40s to your 50s and I was wondering is there something about being a parent being in work and is that almost a it gives you a role it's it, there's a clearer Absolutely. role whereas now it's well I could be a gymnast I could yeah, be yeah. an astronaut <laughs> I could be anything and there's less yeah. clarity and there's almost a reaching right back to almost being a child actually and who I was and what I thought I wanted out of life yeah beyond it's definitely before 20s it's reaching back almost to the core of who you are and what you believe and what you want out of life yeah i think when you're 40 for myself i felt halfway there because realistically you think you might live into your 80s or so so you still feel potentially you've still got you're only halfway done i think in your 50s realistically it's not like you might live to be a hundred and even for that last 50 years you wouldn't have the same yeah the same enthusiasm and energy and ability to do that so it gives you a different mindset as well yes yeah, investments of time running out i've got to make that decision fairly quickly about what i want to do with the next whatever many years i definitely felt that coming up to 50 was that 40s was fine um but 50 was exactly what you said Bella. i had that experience of like well I'm probably more than halfway now. At 40, I might have been able to think to myself, I could be halfway, but at 50, it's like the odds are I'm not. I'm beyond that, and that's if I'm really lucky. And part of what comes next is a lot of loss <laughs> in physical and emotional ways. That was in there as well. That aware, awareness of a consciousness of actually, it's someone's turned the what do you call them, oh, the, yeah, the, the egg, timer. egg timer, Yes. Yeah. over. And I get a real sense of an egg timer in my life more now than I've ever had in the past. It's really interesting listening to you talk about that and I'm, I'm, think, I'm wondering, is that one of the worst things about being in your 50s and that life seems like it shrinks a little or limitations become clearer? Or is it one of the best things? Cause it's like, right, now is the time. It is for me. I, I see it very much as well. I, I suppose I'm consciously striving to see it as very much a positive time. I mean, my dad died at 58, so that is always at the back of my mind that you know this could be very much the end of my life. You know, 
a lot of, a lot of my, my biology is very similar to my dad's so it is possible that I'll suffer the same fate and rather than I mean obviously I'm not hoping for that but that is encouraging me to celebrate this this period of life when and you know I'm I have struggled with an empty nest and all the things that we've talked about but also I see that as a real positive a real I've got a sense of possibility and that even though I don't think I could be a gymnast or an astronaut because of my age um obviously I could have been a gymnast in my 20s um, I'm, I'm railing against society saying I can't do stuff you know like I, I, I recently looked into changing my career completely and retraining as a solicitor and I was told by someone I respect and believe that I was too old to do it but I'm, I'm raving against that because I think why am I too old to do it I've got so much to give I've got 15 years probably work life left in me I wanted the reality check that this will be difficult and I will face the perception that I am too old to do it but I disagree completely I feel like I've got so much more um, intellect to offer and I don't feel limited by my age in that respect um, and I feel consciously that I want to challenge the stereotype that 50 is too old to do stuff I feel a passion for that it's interesting listening to you actually because I'm still at the stage of um, youngest children and I'm thinking about how much of my head capacity they take up and yeah. I, I suppose I wanted to ask does that change as the children get older and not that they don't take up some head capacity I know that it's different at different times but is that different I've got more to give because there's more of me available whereas right now I feel like yeah there's a bit of me available but it's quite a big bit of me that's taken up with the children I think it's a real transition stage in terms of motherhood when your children become adults because obviously you don't stop being a mom, a mom but they don't want to be mothered <laughs> and I think that's a challenge I've experienced and that takes up a lot of my energy, emotional energy and headspace um, because they still, you still see them making decisions that you don't necessarily agree with but it's whether your role is to challenge that or let them watch them make mistakes and that's hard um, but on a practical level they don't need you as much do they and um, so it frees up time in that respect I think that's been my experience but then some people move into a different caring stage in their 50s in terms of looking after parents yeah. so yeah. It, 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 it's very I think any situation where you have responsibility and caring, which can be still an adult child, um, or it can be, for me, it's a parent um, who's increasingly needing more care and fills some of that gap. But it does feel different to a small child. Yeah, yeah. For me. Or you don't necessarily live in the same house for for a start. Yeah, that gives you a bit of space, although since lockdown, my. 22 year old son is back <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is lovely but also brings yeah. rises up what I've noticed is that my motheringness sort of bubbles up again it's like it's on a saucepan on the thing what would it be like this morning and it heats up and occasionally boils <laughs> over and I'm sort of like over mothering somebody because it's really hard I find it really hard to gauge how to mother an adult and maybe I shouldn't be at all I don't know but I find that relationship quite 
I love it, but I'm also quite stressed by it a lot of the time, wondering like, am I doing too much, too little? And, and that feeling of judgment as well. I get that feeling that I had as a mother of young ch a young child, because um, I have one son, um, that um, am I doing this right because everyone's doing it differently and that, you know, I don't know if you ever felt that when you were younger, but that, can I just have a book that says, right, this is what you do today and this is how you behave in this situation and he'll be fine. <laughs> of course, which life doesn't do. But If you ever write that book, I'll be yeah. there. <laughs> I don't think anyone would follow it. <laughs> Not what I wrote for it. So other good things then about being at this stage? So the impetus to crack on and get something done yeah. because time's yeah. different caring responsibilities. There is a sense of a second reincarnation, I suppose. Mm. And I, I'm at, that's added to for me because I live with someone who in his 50s started the whole process and his 60s and have children again and did the whole thing around again. Um, so that skews my kind of view slightly of what it means to be. Would you do that if you were in the same? Good God. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it interesting? Yeah, I know. I love always it. do it. Yeah. He has a lot. Yeah, he seems to have a different energy. Isn't <laughs> 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 it? Yeah, yeah. No way. I look forward to being a grandparent, but I, I don't. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't want small children again. I suppose for me, this is, I feel conscious that this is a window because my. Um, older relatives are all in good health at the moment so I'm very conscious that this is possibly a brief window where my caring responsibilities are less that I want to consciously take advantage of because I, re I, I see it as a short-lived window um, yeah, so I, I do want to make the most of it I suppose I think I, I think what you touched on before you that idea that when you're younger you care more about what people think I think I'm enjoying increasingly. I, I don't think I'm, I'm. I don't think I'm totally away from it, but I'm enjoying increasingly caring less about what people think. I think that's the greatest gift. That sense of liberation from all that. What yeah. I describe as madness of. Yeah. If I do this, if I say this, a bit like what you said about the book. Actually, I, I think certainly when I had my kids, I was asking the midwives where's where's the instruction manual because <laughs> this is completely um, unexplainable um, but that sense of wanting to know what the right thing to do is and less and less caring uh, I think that's a gift if you, if you knew something if you knew then what you know now what would you say to your younger, younger self I think I'd say don't care as much because yeah. people yeah. aren't actually thinking about you anyway they're thinking about themselves yeah. and definitely with the pair you know when you're coming to parenting I would say being good enough is good enough, you know. Um, and when I see younger people and I see all the social media, I feel they're under even more, you know, because we, you know, younger people don't have the same, you know, it's different anyway for them, isn't it? So, you know, for them, the pressure to be have this kind of perfect life, I think, with children must be even greater, you know. And I, I feel quite sorry that they have to have it out, <laughs> out on the social media, and you know, I've made this lovely cake and I've done this and. And we, yeah. you know, well, certainly for my children when they were growing up, I didn't have that sort of pressure, you know. So, yeah, be be good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure my younger self would have listened though, even if I yeah. said yeah. anything. I think you were just so wrapped up in. And I think that people did care what you were doing and focused more on you. There was more 
looking at you and under the microscope actually in a community sense or um, generally just generally I think you were, you're in a situation work-wise where if you're around people of a similar age there's a lot more ambitiousness a lot more need to acquire things I mean for me that's one of the relaxing things I no longer feel the need to acquire things I don't need and I think lockdown has further kind of pushed that I don't yeah all those fucky bits as my husband calls them um, <laughs> that I used to want to surround myself with are kind of irrelevant what well, like material thing yeah it's quite nice just to sort of let go all of that and I feel in less of a competitive need to kind of broaden my skill range and all that kind of thing and a more wanting to deepen which is quite re relaxing in some ways and feels a lot more self-directed I feel less dependent on other people to get there as well I think my younger self spent a lot of time worrying about the future um, particularly like would I ever have a family you know, would I ever meet someone um, who wanted to have a family with me and who I wanted to have a family with and I think that took up a lot of my emotional energy and I had a lot of angst about that certainly in my 20s and I would tell myself don't stress about it you know enjoy relationships that aren't going to be forever enjoy them for what they are and don't put pressure on them to be something they're not um, and know that for most people they do meet someone and have a family with and, and trust that that would happen for me I think, I think that's what I wish I'd felt as a younger person. And it's alright if it doesn't work out like that. Yeah. I think that's what I would want to... I mean, I, I, like you were saying, Debs, I, I don't think my younger self would listen to any advice. It, well, I know it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the evidence of that. Um, and I don't think it's because, you know, for years I used to think it's because I wasn't given good enough advice. <laughs> but actually I think I wouldn't have listened, I wouldn't have known it if it stared me in the face, really. Um, and I was listening to the track this morning, the sunscreen, everybody's free. Oh, yeah. And I thought, I think if somebody young said, oh, what advice you got to me? I'd just say, just listen to that record, because he says it better than I can say it. And um, I, maybe, I wish maybe yeah. my younger self could have listened to that and heard it, properly heard it, not just as lyrics in a song. I'm not sure I would have. Um, but that sort of, yeah, feeling free, um, that Oscar Wilde phrase, be yourself, everyone else is taken. And I think that's where I'm coming to in my 50s. I don't think I could have done that in my 20s, but I, I, I think, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do now, really, is just sort of really get hold of that idea and just think, yeah, this is, I am unique, this is it, this is me. And when it comes to an end, which it probably will possibly feel too quick when it comes, um, I want to feel, and that's what emboldens me, I think, is that I, it'll run out and actually nobody will be there. What does it matter what anyone thinks? Because they'll all move on without you anyway. So yeah, yeah, however yeah. loved you are, yeah. <laughs> or however yeah. wonderful people, even if you're world famous, the world moves on without you. So that emboldens me a bit. And trying to convey some of that to someone younger, if they were in the slightest bit interested, which I suspect they wouldn't be. Because <laughs> that's the thing, I feel I have no control actually anyway. And I think I thought I had far more control. And especially the last few years have taught me I have absolutely no control. So the best thing to learn is how to accept and just be wherever you are. Um, and yeah, stop looking for the perfect, whatever the perfect yeah. is. And just actually look at what you've got around you and kind of embrace and accept.
accept that. Really. Mm, yeah. I think at our age in life, we just because we've been on the planet for so long, we have people in our life who we feel like value us for who we are. And you know, you know we talk about quite often as being a tribe that we found people with like-minded. And I think perhaps that what I was striving for, my younger self was trying to find those people. And I think now we're in a situation because of our age, perhaps that those people are in our lives that reinforce our sense of self and challenge us to be the best we can be. So I, th I see that as a positive. I also see it as a continual <clears throat> process as well. I think when I was younger, I think I thought, when I get to this point, <laughs> I don't know what I thought, I'd stop now. <laughs> yeah. I'm done You'd now. arrived. Yeah, and actually what I suppose getting older has taught me is that there's a constant series of arrivals yeah. and that that's good. Yeah. That there's a, a constant sense of reinvention. Um, and I, I really love the freedom that that offers. Um, there's no sense of stuckness and having arrived well, sometimes I do feel stuck, but having arrived and gone, right, I'm here now. Yeah, that's it. Um, I think, don't you think it's interesting that I think we've all said we didn't think about this time of our life. Our younger selves didn't think about being middle-aged. And I think that says a lot about how society views middle age. It's not something that you necessarily are excited by. Well, certainly, I don't think society suggests you're excited by it. Um, you know, we, I think I certainly imagine myself being a mom. Um, even being the grandma perhaps I had a, I have an idea of what that was I don't think I ever thought okay what is 50 year old Joe like I don't think I had an no, idea probably, of I think I was just surrounded by uh, the, the only people in my 30s the only people in their 50s were kind of my parents and you know god forbid you just like would never be like <laughs> so there was never there was never an aspiration to no. to be at that age or to think of that but I think looking back at being in your 30s and making life changes um, I've made life changes several times in my life and they're each phase they're quite different and there's different fears and like you said Deb about that actually you have to partly let go because you don't have the control and also it's a very different headspace and actually sometimes in your 50s it's not um the thought of going on to do some amazing academic legal the, the fog <laughs> that I have at times I couldn't imagine having space to I can barely do a crossword puzzle at times <laughs> so it, it, it swings from yes having that free nugget of space but it, it's I think you become more discerning about how you choose to use those yeah. those those nuggets you, you decide what you're going to do with them yeah when you're younger you've got like endless nuggets. it does it does yeah that's yeah. a really good point actually that uh, nuggets of energy when i was younger i just used to chuck them out like seeds everywhere and now i'm much more careful i suppose i'm yeah. discerning as well about what i spend energy on and what i what i don't and much more clear about saying no I don't want to do that and actually you taught me that um, <laughs> you did teach me that well, I you, taught myself that <laughs> you, you, well you introduced me to the possibility that that, that was okay because um, you, you role modelled it and I was like shit you mean you can say no to things like that wow so the world won't cave in and I think as I've got older I've enjoyed saying no more and more you taught me that too, Deborah. Oh. <laughs> when, um, do you remember with the knitted socks? 
Oh yeah. <laughs> I used to have sometimes part knitted socks and or unfinished projects. Unfinished projects. Yeah. And you know, so I was told to just rip it back and then it was just a ball of wool. So you didn't feel that impending. You've got all of these unfinished things and things to do and you get overwhelmed with that because if you actually undo it, you can go back and start again. And you and can say no different. to things and you yeah. can change it. Yeah, so... I just remember reading the book about hormones, about different hormonal stages, and um, it said you might not feel as helpful in this stage. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a sort of like yes, <laughs> I don't have to be helpful anymore, <laughs> and I really don't feel very helpful. But the but the only downside of that is that was obviously part of my self definition, and I don't feel quite as nice a person anymore. Um, as Do you I not did feel the need to helpful. be as nice anymore? <laughs> that's quite liberating yeah, no, it, yeah. it is yeah. but it really it makes me think about younger women actually and just thinking about it from a coaching point of view the amount of women that I speak to that do things like oh did, did that make sense was that okay or this may be a bit rubbish but stop apologising yeah. either for what you were about to say or what you just said stop apologising for taking up space mm-hmm. and I love the idea of not being as lubricating not being yeah. as helpful <laughs> rescuing rescuing yeah. making the world sort of slightly better so that you can you can take your space in it just take your space mm. and i suppose when you've had your friends i mean you, obviously you can make new friends as well but a lot of your friends you've had for quite a while and so your friends accept you for who you yeah. are don't you? you know so your friends like you despite of who you are as yeah. opposed to like <laughs> us, you're being nice to them all the time yeah. or you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially having gone through different life-changing things. I was just thinking, when I say to you, Deb, having kids and then having lots of people around who've done that stage and just being able to ask them. And menopause, having people who've done that stage or doing that stage and just say, shit, is this normal? Yeah, yeah. That's the tribe thing that's really important to me. Yeah, it's sort of creating an extended family, but with people you choose. Yeah. Rather, rather <laughs> yes. than what, you know, because that's what people used to have a lot more. You always had examples of the next stage very close to you, didn't you? Mm. So we've had to kind of create that because most of us live further away from parents or or don't choose to involve them as much in their lives. I feel like what we've got as a group of friends is honesty. So I, I feel like we're honest about where we've made mistakes as well. So we're not presenting a perfect vision of you know, a how-to guide, this is what you should be. And I never feel that from you lot, I feel like. And, you know, I can say, oh, I made a real mess of that and you're not going to hate me for it. Or you'll say, yeah, I did the same, you know, and it's that acceptance and knowing that other people are going through something similar, I think is really important. I think I missed, you were saying then, touching on the sort of multi-generational sort of thing, and I think I've noticed, more recently, noticed that feeling of I would have liked that more in life I think that sort of and I miss it now at this stage of life of that multi-generational sort of and I'm not imagining that if you know parents and grandparents and people were around they would all be great wisdom you know produce wonderful marvelous wisdoms but I do remember as a child going to a grandparent's house and having aunts and uncles and and cousins and grandparents and just when I look back now and I think 
what I got from that was often conversation. At the time, there was an element of like, oh, can we get down from the table now? Because we want to go off and do something, and this is really boring, because my grandfather would often hold talks about things. Uh, but actually, I learned quite a lot in those spaces. And I look at my mother now, who's 91, and I think, okay, she'll come round for dinner, we'll bring her around and we'll do things. But it's not that natural, organic sort of space where, you know, you learn, my, my son has to, does help out sometimes, so he learns how to be gentle about someone, around someone who's older, but he also hears her talk because of that age she talks a lot about when she was younger, going way back to, you know, during the war in London and things like that. And, and I think there's a lot in that, you don't realise, there's a lot of learning done into gen, in between generations without it being a, this is what you need to the advice or what advice yeah. I would give you, yeah. you just learn it by hearing people talk yeah. about their situations yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. I don't know if this is being too broad really culturally it sounds very grand doesn't it for me to sit and say that but it kind of feels like that's something that we can lose that sort of feeling around or certainly it's not in my life personally it's not a lot of multi-generational living spaces and things like that where something is different I think in that this is great, um, but it would be nice to have that sometimes, I think, as well. well. We are becoming that generation. That's partly what's dawning on me. We are becoming those elders. So it's, it's yeah, it's quite <laughs> frightening when you still feel 18 inside. Yeah. But so I guess we, I would like to have that choice to live nearer my children and my grandchildren because of that because I didn't have that or I did to begin with and then didn't and my children haven't had it and they definitely talk about that as a lack in their lives and interesting Miriam said yesterday when we were she'd sent an email for something and I said well that sounded very grown up and, and you know she and she said well I've got that from spending time with you and your friends and listening to you all I'll take that one. Yeah, I was thinking that. One nice thing out of 20 not nice things. Meg's just had, um, well, we've just had a number of different, like, 20-odd-year-olds staying um, at home. And um, Meg had two friends. Um, both were both boys in their early 20s. And it was really nice that they were really interested in talking to me and Rob. Um, and like Meg said that they spoke to me as an equal and they did and Sam has now got another lovely friend staying who is not remotely interested in us she's here to spend time with Sam um, and it's very pleasant and very lovely but has no interest in having a conversation with her and it's made me reflect how nice it was with Meg's friends because they did want to chat and were interested, saw me as someone, and interesting me and Rob as interesting people who had interesting perspectives. And I told them we were doing this podcast and they genuinely want to listen to it um, and are inspired to do one themselves, wow, presenting their thoughts at their age. Um, and that was really nice. So I think I, I suppose I had a hint of that being an older person from a young person's perspective and it being seen as a positive and an interesting thing. And that was really pleasant. But also I was aware that that was actually quite rare to be perceived as interesting mm. at my age. <laughs> and I think they would say, I mean, Miriam would say, we met someone, we went for a walk yesterday, we met a teacher who I know from, uh, who teaches at Oswestry School. And she was so interested in Miriam and she was so, and Mim said afterwards, 
not many adults are actually interested in me. And Jessie used to say the same, that people, why is, why is everyone glaring at me all of a sudden? Why is everyone treating me as if I'm a kind of frightening object? And so she didn't feel people were interested in her in the same way as yeah. we don't feel necessarily yeah. that they yeah. they think we're interesting. Yeah. I think also I've got, um, we've got family visits at the moment. I've got my niece over from Copenhagen and she's in her late, well, she's in about 26. And so she um, was saying, you know, how did you come to be in this country? There's things that her daddy hasn't told her, particularly about, um, you know, some things about when we were younger, but that thing about listening to stories and about the, you know, how are you, you, what makes you, and asking back, and that thing about where she is and what her hopes and aspirations are. And it is quite um, life-affirming as well, listening to younger people, thinking about their future plans and dreams, and then, you know, so I'm hoping to retire there, and so we are talking actively about, about that. Because you know, I won't be a grandmother, probably, and so I will be kind of by proxy. And so already we're setting some plans into place for the, the 60s and 70s, so that's uh, quite nice. Um, quite nice thought, but it is interesting that you said about younger people asking back. And I don't remember being, when I was younger, sitting around. We sat around a lot. I think culturally as well, our families, they tend to talk and having lots of strong sort of warrior Irish women around you you know you get to know the stories because you brought up on them really um, but it is a very it's a big I think it's an important part of being with women as well it can be with everybody but I think there's something empowering about being with women who talk about their stories and it is really nice that, and I think generationally sometimes and culturally now People, younger people, they're looking to the future. They don't, they're not interested particularly in the past, and that's sad because we are where we are because of things that have happened in the past. But I wonder if that's something that people, some people, generate more interest in as they get older. Because, well, personally, I remember doing history and things at school and thinking, oh god, I can't see the point of it. I'm just not interested. Whereas now, I'd really like to do it because I really want to understand what's happening now and look at it through the lens of history. So I, I suppose I just have a curiosity as to whether when you get older, you maybe your perspective is so much broader that you think, well, gosh, how does all this fit together? Yeah. And how did we get here? What are, what are the foundations yeah. and building yeah. blocks that got us here? I suppose it's a bit like if you, uh, you know, when you become a parent yourself, mm. you then look at your mother or, yeah. you know, Definitely. people around you quite differently, yeah. don't yeah. you? Mm-hmm. You do have that, that there is something that shifts. Yeah. And I think... You know that thing about having people maybe in their women in their 40s and 50s around you and if you're not lucky enough to have that then there is that kind of void because you know and it may be that none of them were interested but because you were around it you just absorbed it anyway yeah and it's about so it's and if you talk to youth workers that's that primarily what their role was was creating those kind of spaces where you feel very held because there's people of all different generations around you even if you're not necessarily striving to get something from that it's it's being offered and created for you and it shows how important yeah and I think my girls feel they've not had grandparents particularly other than my mum and they've missed out on spending time with Jeff's family and that that kind of cultural heritage thing that they don't feel they belong to my family in the same way Um, and they would have got a lot I think from hanging around 
but they can create those spaces as we have done. Yeah, and they, yeah, and that's they've the got, thing, isn't yeah, it? You yeah, know, like you exactly, said about, yeah. you know, Mim looking and saying, oh, I got that from you and being yeah, with yeah. your friends. So they actually, by modeling in a way, they then can create those spaces for themselves and get that cultural, yeah, you know, yeah. that kind of top up and things, can't they, as well, yeah. which is a great thing because we don't think about that. Just from a, a practical thing about intergenerational, we, you know, we because we are tending to have our children later, um, you know, you get to the point where grandparents are a lot older, aren't they? Yeah. So, you know, my parents died when I was in my 50s, um, in my sort of mid 50s, and so, and my children were because I had them later, so they were only sort of 12, 13, you know. And they'd lost their grandparents, you know, and I and I was an orphan. I you know I still I kind of felt like an orphan, even though I was sort of fifty, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which you never think you will, you know, yeah, but yeah, you just yeah. kinda of think, Oh, and that's it, I'm I'm now it, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah. That sense of moving up, what you said yes. before, we're now the yeah. elders yeah. moving yeah. up alone. Yeah. yeah. I think that sense of exposure as well. Yeah. I know when my father died that although my mother's doing it, she needs me more than she's yeah. relying on me. Um and that feeling of exposure, of feeling like, um, right, this is, there isn't any sort of body, it feels like there's less people in front, mm. kind of feeling, if you're moving across something, and I think, you know, you said that that word really makes sense to me, that sense of, orph- I'm, I'm sort of anticipate. I'm in anticipatory <laughs> orphanage stage, orphan yeah. stage, rather, because yeah. I kind of think, yeah, at some point, and I suppose it's, those are the two and maybe a sibling as well or other people mm. they're the people that have known you from the beginning of mm, yeah. you've never known life without them no. and there's something to me that people and I guess I, I look at my mother's generation it must be quite hard losing the people who've known you mm. as a young person yeah. as a middle-aged but you know all these people so your history is sort of slipping away from you almost yeah. within front of your eyes and I, I, there's a sense of that in me that feels quite anxious about that sometimes yeah. that feeling of yeah. being an orphan yeah i'd be very you know, not being able to ask you know you can think oh now how did what that happen oh, there's no one to yeah. ask yeah. you know yeah mm-hmm. so yeah <laughs> which is that something about being history isn't it mm. we're distracted by a gorgeous tabby <laughs> cat <Yes>. that's <laughs> come to join oh, us Trying to become part of the tribe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, too young. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in cat years. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Most likely, I think he's about two in cat years. Come on. <laughs> so we've covered quite a lot of ground actually while we've been talking. Yeah. I'm just wondering, is there are there any loose ends? Hundreds, probably. Yeah. I, put, I, I thought of the word transition as well. You know, you said about um, words, and I, I deliberately put that in because when you said about, you know, are we there yet? That kind of when we get to. And think, ter- to, thinking back to your younger self, I think, um, I know uh, my dad always used to say about life being a journey and not a destination. And, you know, and I used to be like, oh, no, no, it's just let me get there. Let me get there. I, if I go on holiday, I'm not there until I'm unpacked everything's in the wardrobe and now I can relax and be on holiday um, the journey was never particularly important to me but I think as I've got older oh do you know what that penny's starting to drop and actually um, I'm realizing more and more at this age of how transitional it all is and that there is no definitive you know you're now 50 and this is what's expected or this is that it, as it is actually and it's in some ways it's so 
much more unknown because when you go through puberty there is so much information you're either bombarded with it or you can find it out and it's expected that you will be hormonal that you might get spots that you might get this that you might get that and that you know people around you may be sensitive to it they may be supportive of it but menopausal is even now is slightly more taboo yeah, and slightly definitely. more unknown yeah. and so individual yeah. that to get that understanding and you know people outside would say oh you know they're they're going through puberty you know <laughs> and that kind what of like yeah but when you're going through menopause <laughs> yeah you're either deemed often as you know hormonal crazy bitch or you know it, it can be you know men often shy away from it as well it can be quite a, a, a scary time for people to understand and they don't it is still that sort of um, that taboo but it is still a transition that I think that we're not we don't talk about enough and that yeah. we're not prepared enough for and I think if we do talk about it, I think going back to what you said about what it feels like to be approaching middle age, if I think about what I thought about it when I was younger, it was like, oh God, that's really negative. Oh, it's growing, growing, growing. And I think menopause is the same. There isn't much that, and I, I'm actively looking for it. What's on the other side of it? Well, it's just bloody misery, isn't it? Now that can't be the case. Yeah. But um, what I mean is if you look for those, that look for that information, the sense is that oh, it's just misery all the way, and it, it can't be true. Yeah. No, and it I can't think it's be true. Really but where's that to challenge that? Yeah, and mm. to show that life isn't over at fifty by any means. Yeah. No, I think what's well, I I can see a lot of women post menopause, not necessarily in menopause, but post menopause. That I thought oh, I definitely I spent a lot of time with them. Thought I definitely want to be where you are. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, sort of settled again after that kind of turbulent transition yeah. and that, that sense of freedom yeah. and of, yeah, what do I want to do with my life now? Not so much having to sort of fit everybody else's needs in and compromising and, yeah, no, that definitely strove me on. But I wonder partly if some of the information is lacking because there was a, a huge swathe of generation that automatically took HRT. Oh, that's interesting. And okay. so perhaps didn't there weren't as many people experiencing yeah. mm-hmm. that because we are a part of the generation where it was very anti HRT, aren't we? Mm-hmm. So, well, so you, I think there was a big bad press for a while, wasn't yes. there? So a lot of people yes. didn't automatically think yeah. I will take HRT yeah. at that point, which yeah. I think our, our parents' generation it was much more automatic. So perhaps there was just generally less people talking about it and thinking about it because there was less people experiencing the full range that mm. that some people maybe culturally it wasn't things yeah. weren't just talked about yes, as yeah, much. No, as well. Yeah, it's yeah, a woman's yeah. issue, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. that yeah. tends to be not discussed yeah. as widely as <laughs> Well no hilariously some of the things I do see is um that how this woman's issue affects men. So I've seen yeah, it written yeah. from the male That's perspective. Oh, is your yeah, yeah. partner or wife becoming more grumpy? Is yeah. she <laughs> is she off sex or whatever? So I've yeah. seen that and yeah. it just yeah. it's a bit infuriating yeah. really because it's looking at it from a male perspective and almost from a deficit position, which is all these things are happening, so let's help you understand what's going on. Um, and I agree with you in terms of seeing people around me, yeah, absolutely. In a media and societal sort of way, 
menopause and postmenopause doesn't seem to have a lot of positive press and if it does I can't find it. And, and a lot of the talk is about that um, just briefly about the physicality um, about the you know particularly thinking about you know with men or relationships as well you know the you know, do you get dry do you get itchy do you get this yeah. do you get that lots of solutions for all of those problems yeah. but not the not the talk about um, you know some of those uh, deeper issues the psychological issues and things like that um, but there is there is good end to the rainbow (laughs) (laughs) there definitely is so you know what is not to love about not being on that hormonal roller coaster not having all the periods and the you know those issues and then having those nuggets of freedom where you can be who you want to be and have a sense of self and you do in some ways go back to that you know where you think back to you know what did I really want to do with my life what did I where did I want to go you know who gives a shit you know you get back to that and there are some great things about I think it's very important to have that message out there that there are some great things about going through this transition there isn't an end to it but it is a it's a molding and I think it's part of like we've all acknowledged that we are in the second half of our life possibly we've got more that's past than is in front of us and I think recognising that and seeing our time as precious means you don't you haven't got the time to worry about other stuff and also if there's stuff that you really want to do you've got to do it now haven't you <laughs> yeah um, and I think yeah that that can be empowering your reaction then I was just thinking HRT and not HRT is a bit like the breastfeeding um, bottle feeding debate yes. it has that same strength of kind of emotion about it and it would I think with both of those things be more helpful if it was tolerantly talked about more kind of yeah. Yeah. yeah there's not a right or a wrong yeah, no. yeah, shades no. of grey isn't yeah. it like, and so it's individual isn't it yeah I think yeah. I had a very early I might menopause started when I was 39 and it's like that feels like quite a long way away now and even talking about it as a part of me that has a reaction of like I don't want just to have conversations in the middle of my life about menopause all the time it's sort of like there's a mixed feeling of yes it's great to talk about it but there's also that sort of thing I don't want to be defined by that's the only thing that happens at this point in life yes. is the menopause yes. yeah, um, I agree and HRT, it's like, I think that's a really good point. It does feel like it could become a polarised breastfeeding, not breastfeeding sort of space again, rather than a because it, you know, what it does and what your circumstances are, I suppose. And just so I remember, uh, we had some conversations at home about the menopause, and um, I, my son, you know, obviously he's grown up, but he he said, "Why is it called the change?" It's a good question. Mm. That, that just, you know, and I was like, oh, it's the change of life. It's, do you change? So okay. th- that posed a very interesting um, conversation, really. Um, and it was talking about physicality, yeah. <laughs> about, um, you know, how you might change psychologically because you're not going to come into terms with that you're not going to have children. Yeah. You're not going to no and then there is, you know, the menopause comes at a time when you're also ageing, you know, yeah. so yeah. for me, I, you know, I didn't really have a kind of full on, um, you know, I don't 
envy you with the hot flushes or you know if anyone's getting like really serious and I didn't have that but I have things like bad joints you know it's like bad joints and a fuzzy head but how much of that is just me getting old yeah I don't know you know I can't kind of unpick one side of it from another um, do you think it's important to or is, is it I mean why do we feel the need to say this is menopause and this is age yeah. isn't it all part and parcel of I suppose I, I feel a little bit like I miss out because when, you, when you're on the men, I don't know whether I actually am. <laughs> yeah. I, I stopped having my periods, but if when you're saying, like, what's, you know, this has happened in the menopause, like, I'm nothing much really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it is a really wide range. Yeah. It's like yeah. anything yeah. in life. It's a, it's, yeah. It is a massive range, isn't it? It's not one thing. Mm. Periods weren't one thing. The same for everybody. Menopause mm. isn't. Breastfeeding isn't children parents but don't you, don't you feel like a big part of being a woman is being fertile i suppose society views you as sexy and you know looking for a mate and all that that is important when you're younger and by definition when you're postmenopause or you're no longer fertile and does that does that necessarily mean you're no longer sexy or I get a real reaction to you I saying do. these things about like <laughs> what do you do? I really do and no, I think being fertile and having kids is just one role that some women may choose to fulfill. Yeah, yeah, no, I and I, I know that. it's an obvious thing to say, but no, I'm also having a response to that. Um, and I, I think if I look at and this is quite an extreme example, but Helen Mirren for example I, she's totally rocking it. Yeah, yeah. Now it's an extreme example because of who she. But Dame Judi Dench, yeah, yeah. you know, and some of the other women in that um, generation, they're totally rocking it. And but don't you feel like that they're sexy because they're not pretending to be any age other than? The Absolutely, age they're, yeah. they're just. Yeah. Not it's less sexy yeah. to see women who are pretending oh. to be. I personally don't find that attractive in women who pretend to be twenty years younger than they are. No. Whereas I agree, I find Judy Dench and Helen Mirren really yeah. sexy, but it's part of them being very comfortable in their own bodies, I think. Because, mm. I mean, that horrible phrase, you know, mutton dressed as lamb. Oh, yeah. God. You know, it and it, and it does, but it yeah. does occasionally cross my mind yeah. if I'm thinking of where, and I'm thinking, oh, is this really for somebody of my age? You know, and also yeah. when you've got young adult children. If you're out, you know, if you're dancing, something, oh, you know, yeah. sometimes you might sort of just, you know, you almost like turn into the more middle-aged shuffle, you know, and then, <laughs> but then if you do something that's a little bit, you know, raunchy or whatever, then I know, you know, I know my kids are kind of, oh, well, don't do that, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you kind of think, oh, should I do? Am I, you know, am I allowed to move like that? Am yeah, I, you yeah. know, mm. it's quite weird. And that weird, little voice really. in your head that yeah. goes, I'm going to really embarrass you now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to strut this stuff now, just because I can see the impact. <laughs> Yeah.